Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here, and I am here with our very special guest, Olivia Knox. Welcome to the podcast, Olivia. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. So you you did like, you helped contribute to like this massive study of social worker salaries in New York. Tell us like a little bit about who you are, what you do, and kind of like the background of this research that you did. Of course. Yeah. So my name is Olivia Knox. Um, I obtained my Bachelor of Social Work from Marist College in 2021 and my Master of Social Work from the Community Policy and Political Action Specialization Program at Stony Brook University in May of 2022. I started out working as a communications associate for the New York State chapter of NASW after I graduated with my BSW. And then during my grad school program, I was promoted to policy assistant, um, and I'm currently working as the policy coordinator for the chapter. Um, So in this role, I work really closely with our members to advocate on behalf of the profession. Our NASW New York State members lead and direct our advocacy agenda through participation on our advocacy and government relations committee and our political action for candidate election committee. And of course, you know, this is important as everything we do is for social workers. And so it's led by social workers. Um, Not only are they our members, but they're employers and organizations, you know, working with clients and communities every day. Um, So in my role, I work really closely, specifically with AGR to lead our chapter's advocacy and policy work. Um, This committee is tasked with creating and executing the yearly legislative agenda for the chapter. Last year, our priorities included advocating for the expansion of the existing licensed uh, social worker loan forgiveness program provided by the state, and also to advocate for uh, more equitable salaries for social workers throughout the state. These are two issues that impact social workers in both their professional and personal lives. Um, So beyond these priorities, I also do work with um, and participate in coalitions, partner with organizations and provide some direct comments or recommendations on a variety of issues that have to do um, with the social work profession or that fall in line with the values of social work. So kind of some background into this report, Um, you know, we know that salaries within the social work profession have been an issue pretty much since the profession's inception. Uh, So in May of 2022, at the request of Senator Persaud, um, we put together a survey to examine the prevalence of the problem specifically for New York State. 
Uh, and really that stemmed from our Capital Action Day event. Senator Prasad, she was sponsoring the event and she really heard and understood the complaints and concerns from social workers who joined us on the day that you know, we're not being compensated for our work. There's so much burnout and it really is all due to just not being compensated for our scope of practice and the skill set that it takes to become a social worker for New York State. So that was the background into why we distributed that survey. Um, we distributed it for about a couple of months um, and we received over a thousand responses um, from both non-members and our members of the organization. Um, so that was kind of the background uh, in terms of why we did this survey and how the report came about. Okay, that makes sense. So thank you for, for catching us up. And, you know, I'm, I would bet money that this is not just a New York problem, right? This is across the nation. You know, we're both here based in the United States. So I don't know about other countries, but I know here in the United States, there is a tremendous gap between the education that we have to have, sometimes licensure that we have to have for certain jobs, and then the amount of compensation that those jobs are offering. And I've talked to a lot of social workers. Sometimes when you get on the phone and by the time you have gone through, I don't know, I went through seven years of college and then two, two and a half years of postgraduate training. And then for them to hop on the phone with me and they're just recruiters, right? Like they don't know anything, but they're, mm -hmm. they say a number and I'm just like, what? what? That's just insulting. Mm -hmm. to to be offering me such a low wage for the amount of work and stress and vicarious trauma that you're asking me to provide and i was looking at the study and you know that is really why a lot of social workers leave the field yeah. i mean it's just like and it's no surprise to you and i right <laughs> like duh Mm -hmm. But but all of the other industries are like, why can't we find any social workers? Where are all the therapists? Well, they said, F you, because you're not going to pay us a living wage to put up with the traumas of society. Like, it's not, we, we just can't do it. Like, we want to, we just can't do it. So yep, they end up leaving the fields for a profession that's more highly compensated and, you know, maybe even offers less of the education or experience requirements of social work. And I think, you know, society doesn't really know everything and all the effort that it takes to become a licensed social worker in New York State. Exactly, exactly. And it's a lot. I'm wondering for you, like, what was the most surprising part about this research? Um, I think there's a lot. Um, one of them that stands out the most is kind of what you were just saying, you know, like as the skill set of our social workers increase, it doesn't necessarily mean that your salary will increase as well. We found that oftentimes as the skill set increased, the salaries stayed stagnant. So that was very surprising. Um, but also, I was surprised by the racial disparities in salaries that we found specifically from that study. Um, the differences were very stark. Um, on average, you know, social workers of color are paid less and do obtain higher amounts of student loan debt. Um, specifically from our data, 
it really highlighted that in for individuals in the higher earning salary range of 60,000 to 70,000 per year, 16.3% identified as white, 6% identified as people of color, and only 3.8% identified as Hispanic. Um, you know, additionally, less than 10% of respondents in the study reported receiving a yearly merit increase, and an even smaller percentage of social workers reported receiving a one-time merit raise or promotion. So if our social workers aren't even receiving a promotion within the first five years, they're going to leave the field or at least leave the organization for a better place of employment that maybe will be willing to compensate them for their skill set and for their time and energy put towards that position. Um, you know, it's just a huge risk that if our social workers are not receiving these upgrades, they'll simply leave the field for a more equitable field. Um, and, you know, with the workforce shortage, it really needs to be addressed um, to recruit and to retain not only social workers, but talented social workers as well. The salaries have to be comparable to the training, the licensure, and really the job responsibilities of each position, because each social work position is not the same. And I, I think that's also a misconception as well. Um, so, you know, kind of just the fact that there's 16, per, and this is just the small sample study that we received, um, but there's just a huge difference between 16% of white people and then 3.8% of Hispanic people identifying that they earn a higher range in our field of 60,000 to 70,000. Um, that's concerning. Yeah, yeah, that's really concerning. And I was very surprised to read that as well. I'm wondering, and I know this wasn't the focus of the study, so we may not be able to know, you know, everything, but what do you think accounts for that massive uh, disparity in income? So, like, why are white social workers getting raises and getting promotions um, or coming in on a higher salary as opposed to their black colleagues? Do you mm -hmm. have any insight on this? That's a great question. Um, and I think, you know, I ask myself this a lot, but I think, from my opinion, the most obvious answer is, you know, just due to the systemic racism that is embedded in the history of our country and still to this day. Um, you know, the lack of funding for certain geographical areas or lack of funding for certain organizations and their staff, I think can all trace back to systemic racism uh, and kind of the outcomes that we're seeing, the disparity in terms of pay. I think those are all the outcomes of systemic racism and how it's how the country has uh, has its history. Um, so I think more specifically in the social work field itself, um, the national office, the National Association of Social Workers, they released a report. Um, it's called Findings from Three Years of Surveys of New Social Workers. Um, and they actually reported that new MSWs who were Black were more likely to be serving high-need populations than MSWs who were white. Um, additionally, Black, MS, black or um, African-American MSWs 
were more likely than whites to work in larger cities with populations of more than a million. And Hispanics were more likely than non-Hispanics to work in large cities. Uh, but on the other hand, whites were more likely to work in suburbs or smaller cities and semi-rural areas than black or African-Americans. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now, bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an introduction to suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Um, it's also estimated that around 80% of like our clients and communities served by our social workers are people of, and communities of color. Uh, it's also well documented that social workers who represent the lived experience of the people they serve can be more effective in providing those services. Um, so I feel that these positions, you know, more often they're in nonprofits or in outpatient mental health clinics. And those are the facilities that, you know, they're, they aren't valued um, as much as maybe a private practice or a state position would be valued. Um, so I think, you know, the positions also have to do with why maybe there, there is a huge gap in terms of compensation. Uh, but also something that's been more prevalent in the last year or so through New York State is the issue around the licensure exam. Um, I think that's a barrier for social workers of color to obtain those higher level, quote unquote, higher level positions that come with holding your LMSW or your LCSW. Uh, ASWB, the organization that distributes the test and makes the test, they released some data that showed significant disparities between white graduates and black or Latina graduates. Um, I'm sure you've heard all of this, but, you know, just to reiterate, in New York State, 86% of white graduates passed the LMSW on the first exam attempt, while only 49% of Black graduates and 62% of Latinx graduates passed. Um, and the same is kind of the same. The same goes for the eventual pass rates. Um, 
almost 91% of white graduates passed the exam, while only 52% of black graduates eventually passed the exam, and 71% of Latina graduates passed the exam. Um, another factor in the exam is that it's only offered in English, so I think that's just a huge barrier itself. Um, but, you know, due to this exam, only slightly more than half of our Black graduates and about two-thirds of our Latino graduates are becoming licensed. Um, and for the test, there's no evidence that shows that passing the standardized test is an indication of the ability of the social worker. Um, so, you know, New York not only needs a strong and diverse social work workforce, but also to kind of eliminate some of those barriers that prevent the communities um, treating and serving their communities. Right. Yes. Thank you so much for that information, Olivia. And we, I did do an episode, it's episode 98 on why the ASWB passing rates matter. And it just speaks to this larger systemic issues and racial systemic issues that we've seen all along. And this is just another way that this shows up in our communities. And man, things need to change. I don't know about you, Olivia, but I am like ready mm -hmm. for some change, for some more money, for some equitable pay for our industry. Absolutely. Because I mean, we help the most challenging people of our society and we're the ones that run in when everyone else runs out on a mental health crisis, mm -hmm. right? We're like the the nurses and the firefighters, like everyone else is running away. We're running in there with them, right? And then we're also supporting the nurses and the firefighters after a long day and like, hey, how was that for you? Like, are you okay? That was kind of traumatic. And so we literally support everybody in our society. I'm wondering what are like what's next what do you now that we have this information what's going to happen with it are there any plans for it you know tell us what what what's going to happen now yeah so i've been doing um some work over the summer kind of taking the down period between legislative sessions to do some research and kind of go into this new session with a better game plan than last year um, so our chapter, we will be making the salary priority a legislative agenda item this year again. Um, I've been meeting with some legislative staff over the summer to create proposals to address the inequity um, in salaries throughout the state. So rather than just meeting with legislators and providing the statistics that we found from the report, um, I'm, you know, we're working to create the bill drafts and sponsor memos to share with legislators and their staff before the session even begins to see where we can pick up support, you know, whose office we can count on when it comes time to introducing a legislation or a bill. Um, so kind of we're working, making a game plan to have a much louder force this year. Um, you know, we'll be posting all of our proposals on our website in the next coming weeks or so. Also, we do have um, an event on February 13th in Albany. We will be at the Capitol uh, advocating for those equitable salaries at Capitol Action Day. This is our annual advocacy event provided by our chapter. 
So it's a day when we can come together as social workers to advocate for the policies that will better help us provide these services um, to our community and just better serve the profession. So it's open to both students and professionals, uh, retired, seasoned social workers, everyone is welcome, everyone's voice is crucial. Um, and so the day will look like attendees will visit their legislators through meetings that uh, our team will schedule, or also we'll do some blanket canvassing. So, you know, walking around the Capitol, seeing who we run into, we'll have the position papers, the resources to hand out. Um, so it's a really great day to just advocate on behalf of the profession, but really also for yourself. Uh, your lived experiences as social workers are the most important. Oftentimes, legislators or their staff, they might not even know what we really do as social workers, what our everyday tasks look like, or really how daunting it may be, um, and why we deserve these equitable salaries. So we really need uh, some social work presence. We can't do this alone. Um, you know, everyone's advocacy is crucial to just ensuring that we have a successful passage of some legislation that can address our salaries and eventually uh, create an expansive and uh, more responsive mental health delivery system. Uh, but also, I know other organizations um, such as PEF, uh, the Public Employee Federation, they release a detailed report um, highlighting the salary disparities amongst their social workers, the state social workers. Uh, so their advocacy efforts are focused on increasing the salary grade for those state social workers. PEF actually sponsored our Capital Action Day last year, um, and I'm hoping that the, they and their members will join us again this year to advocate for our shared goals. Um, but, you know, we'll just be continuing to work with organizations, um, and really partner with whoever is willing to address uh, these inequities to accomplish our goal. Awesome. So, Pef, the ball is in your court for sponsoring this event again. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. That is amazing. I love all this macro social work talk. It's very policy oriented, very um just very macro and i love it so thank you so mm -hmm. much and um we want to like the listener and i we really want to support you guys in what you're doing so please if there's anything that we can do for you our community if you need us to write letters send stories whatever it is just let me know and we can help you guys out okay Absolutely. I will definitely take you up on that. We have um, a really cool tool. We call it our Act Nows. Um, it's an email link. So you'll just click the link and it'll be a pre-populated message with maybe why we're advocating for the bill at hand. Um, and there's always a room to leave a personal message. So when you get that, please include your personal message. Your lived experience is so crucial to really ensuring that we get the ball moving on this. Um, so I will be sending you those act nows and please, it takes two minutes and it's so crucial. We can send up to a hundred emails in the span of two minutes. So it's a really powerful, quick and easy tool. Let's do it. Let's break the system. Let's send like 500 in two minutes. 
kidding. We don't want to break it, but for real, like um, whatever you need, you're here. So listener, if you are not on the Friday resource email list with, with me, then you're going to be missing out on these links. And advocacy, if you are still listening at this point, I know that you're still interested in advocacy. And this is part of our ethics, right? Like this is what we do. Mm -hmm. There's no point in complaining and writing on Facebook about how shitty your salary is. And if you don't show up when it's time to show up and share your story and share your voice and make, make yourself known, then there's absolutely no point in just complaining about it unless you're going to do something about it. So this is your opportunity to do something about it. Join the Friday resource email list because that is the place to be to get these links. Or I'm sure NASW New York State will also send them out to um, but for me, definitely join the Friday resource email list. I will be sending out all these information links. So thank you so, so much, Olivia. Is there anywhere else that we should like be aware of, or is there a place that we can connect with you and learn more about, about what you do? I will put the, sh in the show notes, I will put the link for the actual report that we're talking about too. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, anything else that, will be coming up throughout the session. You can always find our resources on our website. So that's www.naswnys.org. Um, and specifically what I'm referencing will all be featured under that advocacy tab on that home page. Um, so if you take a look at it, you can see our legislative priorities, all of the coalitions or organizations that we're involved in and a bunch of resources. Awesome. Thank you so much, Olivia. Thank you, Catherine. Let's see. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials for the future therapist and the Pulse basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal health or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures 
are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.